0: out there, we're on the air, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight, the beers are cold, the mics light up, and and the boys get set to fight, the gloves come off, opinions get thrown, and Someone someone slips on ice, one man howls, the other scowls, but the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name, and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. More shots, no. And more nose, Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Oh, Vetchkin's And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carrie slumps. And Benjamin stumps. lap not LaFontaine. Jokes aside. It's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Oh, the
1: good old hockey game is the best game you can have.
2: Greetings and welcome to episode four of the Rink Moose Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL, as well as their implications in fantasy hockey. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costner, along with my good friend, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you today?
0: Oh, hey, Nick. I didn't know we were good friends.
2: (laughs) That's nice of you. I mean, I feel like we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we weren't.
0: I don't know. I I've been told never do business with a friend. So. Oh, is that is that so? Yeah, but uh, you oh. see, you seem like you know your stuff about hockey, so I, I'm willing to give you a pass <laughs> on this one.
2: Oh, okay. Likewise.
0: <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to be going over our last preview, and honestly, we've had enough of the previews. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're
2: feeling we're feeling sick of them.
0: It's uh it's the preview fatigue right now because mm-hmm. uh you know we just been like really slogging it out with the research and the stats and all that. Uh, but yeah, we're going to finish up with the Pacific today. Uh, again, we're going to go bottom to top, and uh, this one's going to be very interesting because we have a couple of trades to to uh, to break down and digest, both the uh, Patch Ready trade and the, the Carlson trade, so it's going to be a very interesting episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it.
2: Yeah, uh, we, we really lucked out leaving this one to the end because mm-hmm. uh, the date we're recording this is... Uh September 16th, the trades, as everyone knows, uh, you know, happened just this past week. So um, great timing, and uh, we're excited to, uh, to break this down for you guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's get her going. We'll start in the basement of the Pacific, as usual. So we have mm-hmm. the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, last year, they were obviously last in the Pacific. They were led by, by Clayton Keller with 65 points in his rookie year which, uh, honestly, a lot of years that would have won them the Calder, but they had such a good rookie crop last year. Um, Derek Stepan with 56, Domi with 45, who's now in Montreal. Oliver ekman Larson had 42 points, and uh, Dvorak had 37. Uh, They have a couple of key additions, and uh, we're going to dive into one of these guys in just a sec. Um, They have this guy named Alex Galchenyuk, who they got for Max Domi. They also got Hinostroza, and uh, one other guy, his name is... Mikhail Grabner. Grabner, yeah. I had it misspelled here. I was like, what the hell is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, the the Galchenyuk trade. So this has kind of been brewing for a long time in Montreal. He was a guy they kind of drafted as a center, but it never really worked out. I know the coaches, for whatever reason, were very reluctant to play him there. He had that 130-goal season. Um, and then since then, it's just, it's kind of been like off ice issues and, you know, character in the room and that kind of thing. And we, we really haven't seen what this guy can do when, when really let off his leash, so to speak. And I know he's going to get a lot of center time in, uh, in Arizona for sure. Uh, apparently that's the, one of the first things he asked when he got traded to Arizona was, mm-hmm. can you give me a chance at center? And they said, Absolutely. So I think that's, uh, that's going to be really good for Galchenyuk. I think the change of scenery along with him playing where he wants to be as well as the much smaller hockey market. So I see a lot of good things out of him. I also see a lot of good things out of, out of Domi and Montreal, but we'll focus on uh, Galchenyuk today. Uh, do you think there's any chance that he has any shot at the first-line center position, or is he kind of locked into that number two spot, Nick?
2: I think I think to start things off they're happy slotting him in in the number 2 position.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I
2: think they they like Derek Stepan, they they like him in, in his mentorship role with the younger players on that team. Yeah. They like his 2A game, that that's, you know, he's one of the better 2A uh, centers in the league. Uh Galchenyuk obviously still working on his defensive part of the game. I mean, that was that was a big reason why he was ultimately ousted from uh, from Montreal so I, I think they're happy to have him slotted in at number two. I think he's happy to be there, like you said he 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 kinda you know he's gonna have a lot more freedom not playing for julien anymore and uh i i I expect a great season from him i I expect him to be able to put up thirty goals
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh you know I, I I could see him making a presence on that power play unit. He's always been a good power play power play player, led Montreal in the power play in points uh many years mm-hmm. um so yeah i am excited for the player and uh it should pay dividends uh for whoever owns him in fantasy
0: yeah i i like his skill set i'm looking at his potential wingers right now at least on five on five it doesn't super excite me i, I see uh you got christian fisher on that left side perlini and then on the right side you have Hinnestroza, grabner and those kinds of guys um yeah, five on five doesn't super excite me, but that power play is going to be talented. You've got Oliver mm-hmm. ekman Larson along with Clayton Keller, and I think um, in terms of Arizona, when I'm looking at like a fantasy perspective, I'm looking at kind of whoever plays with Keller and whoever's on that uh, that top line is sure. going to be a, a guy to look at. But I think Galchenyuk's capable of a 30 and 30 season, about 30 goals, 30 assists. Do you think that's kind of that's fair for him?
2: Yeah, I, I think if you were to set an under, over, under, I think something like sixty points would be good. Yeah. Um, we'll see how well he climatizes to you know playing there because it is ultimately just his first year. Um, in fact, if I were betting, I'd say he he'd be he'd be just under sixty points. Yeah. Uh, that that's kind of where I, where I'd put him. Um, but you know, I would not at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he could surpass that and maybe hit sixty five. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, he's al- He's always been a high-volume shooter, so you're going to get that out of him. Um, so I think that's great. And uh, and who knows, may- maybe, you know, five-on-five, five, he gets some time with Clayton Keller. I know I know that's not, you know, what they have in place right now. But uh, who knows, may- maybe, you know, he-, he does end up playing with some better line mates.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I want to rewind uh, about three years in a bit to the 2015 NHL entry draft, okay? We've got mm-hmm. Connor McDavid goes number one overall. We've got Jack I right. Bud Light Jack goes two. Now, who goes three, Nick? The pizza man. The pizza man himself, <laughs> Dylan Strom. So yeah. it it's a it's a curious case because that was, as we know, a, a super strong draft. And in that top 10, the rest of those guys in that draft has, have all gone to already kind of make names for themselves. Dylan Strom at three overall, he hasn't yet hit his stride in the NHL. And it seems to be that he he's the kind of guy that does everything right in every other league. I mean, he lit up junior. He's hes just finished lighting up the AHL. He's hes done it everywhere. But can he put it together in the NHL? I haven't really found out why he's had such a problem to uh, to stick in the lineup. But uh, I don't know. Is this his year to actually get uh, some good NHL time? Or is he I, yeah, down for the I, AHL a little bit more? I think
2: this is this whole show has been going on for too long. Yeah. I I think he's old enough now. I feel like you ought to just let him play for the whole, you know, as long as he possibly can this year and, uh, and see what happens. I I think it's, he's got to play better than he has in the past. I Mm -hmm. mean, he can't, he can't, you got to believe he can't play any worse than he has in the NHL. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for him. I'm also excited for, uh, uh Lawson Kraus um you know he he was also a highly touted prospect uh mm-hmm. a, f- a few years ago so we'll see how he slots in mm-hmm. um and yeah i i i liked i like the youth on this team i, I like the prospects coming in i thought they had a really good draft this past summer um they they off they, they surprised me with their draft Hayden. um yeah they picked Hayden who who i i you know some people kind of questioned because he wasn't projected to go that high and they they took him with what what number was it? It was a top five, five. pick, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, so I, I was I was surprised to hear that, but ultimately I think they made the right move because it addresses uh you know an organizational need at the center position, and uh, for a team that's been getting a lot of shit for being like a analytically run team,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, I, I thought that was a very good pickup. So I like the youth coming in. I like the coach who came in from Pittsburgh. He seems to be like a, a player coach who, you know, seems to get a lot of respect from the players. Um, so I, I, I have, I, I have high hopes for this team in the future. I just don't think this year is going to be, you know, all too great. I still see them being in the basement mm-hmm. uh, of the Pacific Division, but but I think their time's coming. Give it, give it three years, and and, and this might be a good hockey team.
0: Yeah, there's good pieces. There's no doubt. I just want to go back to the Dylan Strom thing again, Mm. because I'm looking at the center depth here, and and maybe he doesn't, because I I expect they don't want him as a 4th line center. There's a possibility he slots in as actually as a winger to start his career, or to start uh, to pick up on his career again. Uh, So, look for that. If he can move over to wing and he has success, he might slot into the top six, moving out a guy like Fisher or or Hinnestros or someone like that. So, Yeah, just something to keep an eye on, but arguably one of the most interesting storylines on this team to me is, uh, this guy, Auntie Ronta. Mm -hmm. Now he had a little bit of injury problems last year. If, If we remember correctly, Arizona started the season last year and they basically put themselves out of the playoffs by November. They were terrible to start the year. Now I got a fun stat for you, Nick. Um, Ronta was arguably the best goalie in the league in the second half of the season. From January first onwards, he had a nine forty-two and a one eighty four. That's uh those are pretty crazy numbers. And if you remember, they had that run late in the season where they were kind of playing themselves out of a good draft spot and we we're all kind of, you know, shooting up questions. But who is this guy, Auntie Ronta? And is he someone we should target in fantasy drafts? Like He's always been a a good goalie above average goalie, but on this arizona team is does that kind of scare you off it
2: basically i I agree with you i I think his pedigree just him as an individual talent mm-hmm. is a good goalie i playing as a backup in new york i I always liked him as a goalie and 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 you know obviously he had a good season last year, but the way I evaluate goalies and and people are gonna find this out in next week's fantasy uh goalie uh in the seg the fan the goalie segment of our fantasy episode is uh i i like to pick goalies who are on good defensively sound hockey teams and on teams that are going to get a lot of wins mm-hmm. and quite frankly I'm-, I'm not buying into this hype i mm-hmm. see his draft i see his draft status where he's going i don't think he should be going that high i seem going ahead of guys like jake allen Ooh. who you know who plays her day yeah it hurts a lot he, he who plays for a fantastic team in St. Louis yeah and yet you have this guy who's playing for a you know a, as of right now a pretty crummy team in my opinion
0: mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I, I'm just I'm not buying into the hype and whoever drafts him on draft day, good luck but mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to be too great a season for you right um, So yeah, I, I'm not buying into it, needless to say and uh, we'll see what happens. but you're right, those stats are impressive. I just don't think they're gonna hold up. Over the course of 82 games, you know. Yeah. I, I still don't see this guy being a guy who can play 60 to 65 games and mm-hmm. and 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 keep those numbers there, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, personally, he's a guy I'm gonna keep an eye on in the draft, just maybe as a as a third guy, if I want that. Um, I don't think I'd have him he's as a He's not he's not your
2: third, he's not your third guy. He, oh, he, I, he like I the, would have the him way third guy. Oh, I, I agree, you'd have him as a third, but he's not worth taking in that spot in the draft. to be to be your third goalie if you're taking him in that part of the draft he's either being your one if you're desperate and you just slept on goalies or he's going to be your two if you already got a good good Mm -hmm. number one
0: yeah he's just uh those splits are just so so endearing you know
2: we'll see i'm not buying into it but we'll 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 see
0: yeah we'll 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 keep you guys updated on on auntie there but uh Mm -hmm. Definitely a, a, a very interesting story from last year. And, you know, if, if he does it again in the first month, then I'm going to I'm probably going to target him for sure. After after if he can prove himself for a month, I'm I'm going to pick him up. That's fair. All right. Might as well move over to, to the Vancouver Canucks now. If sure. You're, uh, if you're all right. Let's do that. So Vancouver was seventh in the Pacific last year. Uh, their leaders were Brock Besser with 55 points in 62 games as a rookie. Again, fantastic. If if Barzell wasn't uh, wasn't doing what he was doing, Besser definitely would have uh, competed with Keller stride for stride for Calder. Uh, then you had the Sedin's. Those uh, those guys are out of town. Uh, Daniel had 55. Henrik had 50. Horvat had 44 points in 64 games. And uh, Alex Edler, as a defenseman, put together a good season with 34 and 70. Um, now, in terms of offseason, they didn't make a whole lot of moves, but they are adding a very important piece. So I'll go through the, the ads here. They got Anton Roussel, Jay Beagle, Nick Schaller. And uh, the big piece they're really adding is from within the system. Is His name's Elias Pedersen, the, the super talented Swedish phenom who put up near-historic numbers in the Swedish Hockey League over there. Um, this guy's got just so much hype coming into this year. A lot of people have him pegged as the uh, the Calder favorite. Uh, he is a centerman, and uh, he's going to get a, some first-line power play time. And uh, I don't know. This team, they, they lost the, the Sedins... They've got this this youth coming in with Besser and Patterson. I I don't see them really moving up in this division, however, just because everyone else is so strong. But uh, but there's definitely some some reasons to be excited for Vancouver fans. This
2: this team in four four to five years time is going to be a very good hockey team, mm. and and that that speaks not only about the team and the young kids they got coming up because because I see names like. Quinn Hughes and Adam Godet and oh, yeah. Thatcher Demko and, and I and I'm sold. I, I know these guys. I've heard about them
1: mm-hmm. for
2: for a long time. And uh, I, I when these kids develop, this team's going to be good. Um, and and not only that. In four to five years' time, those Californian teams that you know we're talking about is consistently making the playoffs. You know, as we speak right now, they're not going to be very good. Because the, those older guys no. they've got, you know, those, those guys in their low 30s, to, low to mid 30s, who there's a lot of them on Anaheim, lots of them on San Jose, lots mm-hmm. of them on L.A., those teams are going to have to rebuild eventually. And so I think for z- foreseeably in the next four to five years, this Vancouver team could be, you know, that one of those new Californian teams where you're making the playoffs every single year. Um, with that said, this year I think is going to be another long season in, in Vancouver. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that?
0: I would definitely agree because you like the Sedins actually they still produced last year and, and you're losing a hundred and five points between the two of them, uh, so and they were 26th in the league for offense last year. So there's a bit of a scoring problem even with uh, guys like Patterson coming in. But uh, at the same time, there's there's key pieces around this lineup that are very valuable. I think uh, guys like Besser what what really jumps out at me. I look at what he did in his uh, in his rookie year and. The sky's the limit for this guy in terms of scoring he put up 30 he put up 29 goals in 62 games that's around a 40 uh 40 goal pace so uh i just have a ton of hope in 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 this team for the future but as you said it's just not the year quite yet the the blue line's a little bit thin and um markstrom's a good goalie he he's got uh he's got something to prove too but you know, just uh, keep an eye on these these key guys, and uh, we'll see what Pedersen can do in his first year in the league. I know he he really ripped up rookie camp too. So so far, everything uh, everything's turning up uh, roses for this guy.
2: Yeah, no, I I I'll, I listen to Vancouver radio about once a week, and uh, for so long they've been talking about uh, this Elias Pedersen kid, and I, I haven't had the opportunity to to see him play mm-hmm. very much, um, but. From just the reports i've heard he's he's really gonna he's he a big favorite to win rookie of the year i, I mm-hmm. know besser besser you know a lot of people argue could have won it last year had he stayed healthy mm-hmm. it would have it would have been a really fun race between yep. him and barzal but uh but boy oh boy this petterson kid they're, they're saying he is a huge favorite to win rookie of the year so um you put him in the lineup you know if besser has another good year uh there's gonna be some fun nights in vancouver I I just, you know, over the course of 82 games, I I think we still know who the, who the top guys in this division are.
0: Yeah. And I just want to highlight a guy that might be worthy of targeting later on in your draft is some guy we mentioned earlier. His name's uh, Alex Edler. So he is now their number one offensive defenseman. He's going to be on that number one power play. He put up good numbers last year and he's the guy that gets a hell of a lot of hits too. If your league counts that as well. So, um, with this guy, full season, look for about uh, you know, 200 shots, about 40 points, and about 150 hits. It's a, it's a very solid add late in the draft for, uh, for defensemen.
2: Yeah. Uh, one last point I do want to make about, about this squad is uh, I, uh, the free agency kind of confuses me because mm. they signed a guy in Jay Beagle to give him four years, they signed a guy in Anton Roussel. I think they gave him something like three or four years. Um, Tim Schaller. Um, yeah. I, I'm just. Wouldn't the point be just to be, you know, have another bad season so you can keep getting these high picks, and and not spend your money on these on these players who are going to make you pretty good? Because Jay Beagle is one of the better fourth line centers in the mm-hmm. NHL. We saw that with the playoffs in Washington's run. I just I don't get why they're spending this money. To, why are they like signing these you know these these veterans to these long term deals uh, when you should be just worried about getting more picks and, uh, and and adding to this you know young depth you have?
0: Yeah, and I, I would kind of get it if it was maybe one or two years, but to have these guys on the books for that long and especially when I don't know, like it, it's, it, it's very does... questionable it it doesn't i don't want to think that this management group thinks they're going to make a run at the playoffs i i hope not but i don't know like maybe they're just adding them in as depth guys but again there there's there's decent talent in those signings and i i don't i don't have the uh the money numbers in front of me but uh yeah you make a point they they might be they might be doing that uh shooting themselves in the foot there with uh, signing this talent in in your depth of roster but you know, I, I I think this is a team that maybe they're in at a point in their in their building where they're content picking around ten to fifteen rather than being in the top ten. I'm not sure that's the way to go, but it looks like that's kind of where the management group is. Maybe they think they're closer than uh, than we do. Who knows?
2: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. Again, like I said, I don't expect too much. You know, I don't see them competing for for a wild card spot, but uh, but hey, I mean, management wise, I. There's definitely some question marks, but mm-hmm. but talent-wise and, and you know scouting and, and getting these young guys and making the right picks of the draft yeah. um, has, has been fantastic. So Vancouver fans, I, you, I don't think you'll have to wait too long to, uh, to get into that playoff race.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll move on up to a very interesting team, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they came sixth in the Pacific last year. Uh, they were led by uh, the Jesus himself, uh, Connor McDavid, with 108 points. Drysdale had 70. Uh, Nugent Hopkins had 48 in 62. Uh, Ryan Strom had uh, 34 points. So it's a bit of a drop-off there in 82 games. And Milan Lucic had 34. And uh, definitely underplaying his contract value there is Lucic. So he's definitely going to have to rebound. Uh, so the big storyline last year, yeah, I mean, you see all this talent on the roster, and, and there definitely is offensive talent for whatever reason. And there's some weird historical, like historically bad numbers here. There's, they were dead last on the power play. And I think they had a weird thing where they were like really good on the road, but at home they were like just dreadful on the power play. I don't know which way it went, but it was something like that. Um, and then the defense just fell apart in front of Cam Talbot which was really sad for me because I, I took Talbot pretty early in my draft mm-hmm. last year, and I, ex- I ended up dropping him pretty uh, there you go. early in the season. So that shot me in the foot. But I, I don't really it's, – it's a little bit on Talbot, but, yeah, the defense kind of fell apart as well. Um, in terms of the power play, that has got to be something that the co- the coaches will see and fix in terms of that because there's just too much there's too much talent on this team to be that bad on the power play. There's no way. There's no way a guy like McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, uh, Dreisaitl can can stay off the, the power play scoreboard like that. It's um, it's just very strange. And then uh, we talked about how Nugent Hopkins was going to be moving to McDavid's left wing. He's usually a centerman, drafted as a centerman, but they found uh, some good success there late in the season. So that's something uh, something to look for as well. But uh, in my mind, I'm looking at this team, and I think the success is going to be driven by secondary scoring. Guys like Lucic, Puli and Strom will have to step up. If they can't, and things go even a little bit like last year, Shirelli is on maybe one of the hottest seats in all of the NHL. He's, uh, he's going to be under the gun if he doesn't get this team to perform early.
2: I, I think he should already be under the gun. Yeah. I was I, I was actually it's funny you bring him up, Shirelli, because <laughs> I, I was talking to a loyal Oilers fan the other day. And uh he basically summed up this team in that this Shirelli guy drafted McDavid, basically just assumed he didn't have to make any more real <laughs> additions after that, kind of just felt like he could sit on his sit on sit on his ass and just let let this team go ahead with McDavid. Mm. And uh, it's backfired to say the least. I, I know they had that—you know—they had that good season um, a couple of years ago, and they, they made the playoffs, and they and they beat the Sharks in the opening round, and and that was great. But uh, boy, oh boy, I think last season we really saw just that the talent around this McDavid kid is just not enough to get the job done in this in this division at this time. And when you look at the off season. And, you know, given it's a tumultuous time in Edmonton with how awful their season was last year, they made no big addition that makes me confident, you know, in, in saying that this team's going to be back in the playoffs. Mm. I mean, you look at their acquisitions at Tobias Ryder. Mm. Not, that's not, that can't be your top acquisition in the offseason. A Kyle Brodziak, he played for St. Louis. He was a fourth line penalty killer mm. faceoff guy. This isn't. This is not gonna cut it. And 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 they, I do I just don't know what's gone going on with the Shirelli guy. And I I know they got kids coming. I know they they drafted the Bouchard kid on D. You know, Kayler like Yamamoto. Yeah, well, he's he's gonna be great. And he's exactly what they need because you mentioned their lapses on defense. I thought they were among the worst teams just in terms of defensive coverage last year of any team. Um, and you know, Kyler Yamamoto, they're hoping he can put it together a full year now and, and maybe form some chemistry with McDavid. We'll see about that. But you know, ultimately these kids aren't ready yet. And the talent you have on the ice right now, I don't think is there.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, what really interests me is that this guy, uh, Jesse pool party, uh, he, <laughs> he he's, from uh just looking from afar he's he's so good he's got so much talent this he can skate shoot uh he's he's a big body guy uh I, he needs to he needs to put it together here because he was that consensus third overall um back in the the Matthews draft and then uh and then as we know uh, Columbus took uh, Dubois and everyone was like what the hell are they doing but Man this uh if that Puljarvi guy can step up on the second line and you've got Drysidal Puljarvi Lucic on the second line there's potential but like as you said they didn't make any tangible moves to make this team better i think they're just hoping that they'll naturally be better which is uh it's a dangerous game um i'm not sure it's going to work out but i do have i have faith in these guys that had poor seasons last year i think we can see some rebounds from uh from guys like uh, Stroman and Lucic, I think these guys can can step up a little bit, and I think the power play sure, is yeah. easily going to be better. It has to be.
2: Yeah, you're right. It, it gets to a point where these performances by these individual players are so bad, and, and the power play so bad, you, you ask yourself, how could it possibly get any worse? Mm-hmm. And so I, I do believe they have that going for them. And you know, Cam Talbot, this is a guy who had Vezina numbers oh, a couple yeah. seasons ago. And and all that's you know you mentioned that's why you took him pretty high in your draft, so you got to you got to think he'll bounce back. You know a lot of people were saying he, he was fatigued last year
1: mm-hmm. because
2: the the previous year he had played 70 games and he had to play through a whole round in the playoffs, a, a couple rounds, and and now hopefully with this long off season and and a bit of a you know less of a workload this past year. He he can come back and put together some respectable numbers, so I, I'm with you in that internally. What they have right now sh- should be better than last year. I just think they needed a little something extra, you know, in terms of additions. And 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 you know, quite frankly, they they didn't get it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I'm actually I'm worried about uh, this guy. They picked up Miko Koskinen to be the backup goalie. I don't know who this guy is, but all all I'm saying is. When when Talbot's not playing, I, I'd be very worried for this team. Yeah,
2: and it, well, and it was the same deal with uh, the last backup they had.
0: Wasall.
2: Um, you he, was, yeah. he had terro- terrible numbers. Oh yeah. He had, a, he had a save percentage under 900. So and, and and yet he still has an NHL job. So I mm-hmm. I don't get that. But uh, but I'm with you. It seems like they they are It's like they they have restraint from getting a you know a decent backup. And uh, it it might hurt Talbot again, because you're essentially asking this guy to play 70 games once again. Mm. And in today's NHL, I think that's just too much for a goalie. I think we've seen goalies try to do that. And they just, they eat shit come the tail end (laughs) of the season. We we saw that with Vasilevsky, and he he even admitted himself, you know. In today's day and age, you can't be playing 65-plus games or else your body's just going to give out. Yeah. So they they got to be more careful here with Talbot and I I don't think this move by, you know, not not settling for a for a good backup or at least a decent backup. Mm-hmm. Uh I I don't think that's going to that's going to help very much.
0: Boy, I I look at a guy like Philip Grubauer, he would have looked good on Edmonton. For sure. Sure as as in a, in a backup role, but yeah, so I guess we'll we'll be targeting Connor McDavid's second round, maybe third this year.
2: <laughs> hey, yeah, very funny. Yeah, I, um, I got I got
0: one question in terms of the the, yeah. the forward line. Nugent Hopkins on left wing with McDavid. What uh, what are we looking at here? Is, can can uh, a can this stay like this? And B can Nugent Hopkins put up a good season?
2: I think he finally can, and, and I I think you saw glimpses of that come come the end of uh, this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, from a fantasy perspective, I, I'd be happy to invest in those. Obviously, McDavid, but I'd be happy in investing in in Nuge to 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 you know have a respectable season. And uh, yeah, I, I I like the player. I like where he's placed, and as long as he is you know continues to get exposure with McDavid, it's hard to think uh, why he can't you know hover around sixty points.
0: Yeah, so uh, I, I'll uh, I'll give you the a quick stat line here. Uh, mm-hmm some key key info listen close so um i got the his point totals broken down into quarters and in the fourth quarter of the season is when he got on mcdavid's line there um 16 games 17 points there you go 45 shots on goal and he he saw a three minute increase in time on ice wow so very very uh, like eyebrow raising numbers this is uh it's not something you can ignore. Don't expect it to be like you know point per game, but be very, very wary of where he is in the draft. Just kind of keep him in your back pocket. You know what I mean? If he starts to to get to a place where you're comfortable with him, then I don't know this this guy could this guy could shock us. He's he's he was a first overall guy. He's got talent, and he's he's playing with he's playing with McDavid. I mean, I'm uh. I'm I'm pretty confident in this guy in this year. I'm, I'm I might be a guy to uh, to take a gamble on this kind of guy.
2: I, I agree, and and it helps that he's being taken, you know, later in drafts, like oh, oh, past like the hundredth pick in a draft. Yes, which yep. is which is fantastic. You can definitely reap some benefits from that. Whereas you know a guy like Drysidle, he's still going early in drafts. Yeah, even though he doesn't have that same exposure. Yes, pound for pound, he's probably a better player. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't have that mcdavid exposure even strength i know they'll put them together for the power play but if they don't play together on even strength then you know the ceiling is only so high for him right
0: yeah for sure but yeah dry saddle, he's got a lot of talent but uh i know he's going to be anchoring his own line but and i'm sure the power play numbers will go up i'm looking at that guy as more of a point per game kind of guy dry side maybe, maybe just under maybe just under mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well but, yeah it'll be interesting Mhm. I think that wraps up Edmonton. Do you want to say any more words on Edmonton?
2: No, I just I I think there has to be like kind of a warning set out that this Shirelli guy better get this together or else mm-hmm. uh I can't see him being there any longer. But yeah. Between the haul for Larson trade and his and his inability to, you know, a, address what needs to be addressed on this team, which is more depth on on forward in my opinion. Yeah. Uh I uh, I just I, I hope I want them to do well. I want this team back in the playoffs for the sake of all Canadians. Um mm. but but boy oh boy, they they got a long way to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just based on our conversation here, you know, I, I think I'm probably a bit more confident in them this season than you are, but uh yeah, we'll 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 see. I think I think they can they're capable of a big rebound, but uh but nevertheless we'll move on to Calgary Flames, uh fifth in the Pacific last year. Johnny Gaudreau had 84 points. Sean Monaghan had 64 in 74. Uh, Matthew Kachuk had 49 in 68. Uh, Backlund had 45. And Dougie Hamilton had 44 in 82. So, I th- I guess we'll start with the trade. Or do you want to start with the, the new coach?
2: Let's go with the trade.
0: Okay. So, we have uh, Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm in... And out is Furland, Hamilton, and Adam Fox, so they lose a a huge, huge piece on their blue line with uh, with Dougie Hamilton. I, I I love Dougie Hamilton. He's a he's a high shot volume guy, and he's a really good uh, anchor on uh, on the power play. He kind of floated around both units, but uh, this guy is just a fantastic defenseman. A lot of experts would put him in their top ten defenseman in in the league. So. They lost the best player of the deal, in my opinion. Furland was a guy, also very physical presence, uh, consistent guy. He saw a little bit of time on in the top six as well. Uh, so that's going to hurt a little bit too. But uh, they did get Hannafin, and he's, uh, I don't know, like I've heard weird things on Hannafin because he was, he was so highly touted in the draft, and I hear he's kind of lost his way in terms of you know things like effort level and and just weird stuff like that. So I don't I don't really know where Hannafin's at. I know he's got potential like skill wise to be to be pretty good, but wh- where he is this year I'm not sure. And then uh, Lindholm's kind of the same, a really highly touted uh, highly touted guy who hasn't quite put it together yet. So uh, with this deal, Nick, did they improve? Is it a lateral move or did they lose the deal outright?
2: Well, I think we spoke about this in the in the uh, Metro episode when we spoke about Carolina. and mm-hmm. I, I think we both agreed Carolina won the deal. Yes. Um, they, they get the, they get current talent in Hamilton. They get the best piece right now currently.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: then long term wise, they ended up getting Adam Fox, who is a you know, highly touted de- highly touted defensive prospect. Yeah, so I, I, I think they won the deal. But with that said, I think in terms of just this year, Um, I like the additions Calgary made, just in general, trade aside. I think Hannafin, he'll find his way on this team, because you have, like you mentioned with the coach, you have the same coach coming in from Carolina, so he's used to these players. You know, the the Lindholms and the Hannafins, he's going to find a place for these guys to be on this team. And the supporting cast around those players, I think, is stronger than what those players were exposed to in Carolina. I see this team, I see forward, defense, goalie, and, and I think they're a great team. They're just very balanced. You have center depth, Monahan, Backlund, Jankowski, and Derek Ryan is your Derek, fourth yeah. center. Yeah. That's great. And then, you know, uh, on the wings, you, you add a guy in James Neal who's, you know, he's going to score his 25, at least 25 goals. You know, you obviously got Johnny Hockey, you got Matthew Kachuk, who's only getting better. He's only developing, you know, Sam Bennett, a guy who's only developing Curtis Lazar, a guy who's only developing. Mm, so I, Lazar. I think, we, yeah, <laughs> we love Lazar. Very, we love great, that guy. Great, great character guy. <laughs> and, and then the defense, I think it's one of the most underrated defense in the league. I, I think Giordano is, a, he's a staple defenseman, great leader. Oh, yeah. ha- Hamanick, this was a guy who, you know, people were fighting over when he was on Long Island and everyone wanted a piece of ham including the leafs i remember there were rumors mm-hmm. with him tj brody an ex- uh, explosive puck moving defenseman michael stone a good you know depth defenseman five six mm-hmm. Hannafin, he slots in but he, you're not asking too much of him like you were in, in in carolina he can slot in as a three or a four so uh, i think the, the d's vastly underrated and then I think Mike Smith's always been a very serviceable goalie. I know he had some you know, rough patches in Arizona, but I think that was more so with the team playing in front of him. So in contrast to Edmonton, I, I'm actually very high on this team. And uh, I think in terms of just having a balance, and having a coach who can, you know, put everything together. Because we spoke last, you know, in the Metro episode about how Carolina was one of the best teams in shot oppression.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
2: big point of that was Bill Peters and the system he had in place. So I think you put in Billy Peters with this team, I think he's got more to work with than he had in Carolina. And uh, and I got high hopes for this team.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying minus one thing. Mm-hmm. The uh, I don't love the center depth. I li- I love Sean Monahan. I you don't do know Mark.
2: You don't know Mark Jankowski.
0: Oh come on, come on. He's not. He's not going to be in the top great. six.
2: He's great. No, no, no. But as is like a third center. Sure. He, yeah. He, he fills his role. My my point is, guys like Derek Ryan and Mark Jankowski, they fill their role admirably as three mm. or four centers. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they're missing a number two center. Okay. My, Michael Backlund. I agree. Not the best number two center, but you know, in terms of, I, I think everything else around the team can make up for that one blemish that you just pointed out.
0: I think it's, it might be. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I, I just really zero in on Backlund as their number two guy. That, that's what kind yeah, of sets hurts. me off for that center depth. Everything else is great. I, I like their wingers a lot. Matthew Kachuk. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. Um, James Neal, he had a great season last year. I probably won't do the same kind of numbers, but he can put up over twenty-five goals easy. Uh, Lindholm is gonna is gonna jump in there. And you're and you're
2: not the, you're not asking too much of Lindholm. You know, if he no. plays on the third line, that's more that 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 serves him better than what you're asking out of him in Carolina. Yeah. And then and then like a Troy Brower, I love this guy when he was in St. Louis. Very character, net front presence kind of guy. I'm I, I'm a fan.
0: Mm-hmm. Go, I, go on. I, love, I love their D. I I love Mike Smith I think he's got a lot he's got a lot more uh a lot, lot more years in him not a lot but a couple more years uh I just think they have an a, an Achilles heel at center and I think everybody kind of knows it right now I think everyone's gonna know okay that's where they're gonna be f- um that's where they're gonna be weak so I think uh, teams will be zeroing, zeroing in on that, on that weakness. But yeah, there's, there's enough talent around those guys to, to maybe make up, make up for it. But yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, just personally, I, I, I don't have, I'm, it's like this. I'm probably more high on Edmonton. And you're probably more high on Calgary. So maybe we have those kind of, uh, kind of differing opinions, but, uh, I, I do like this team. It's going to be interesting for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think we can agree on that. That'll be a fun little thing to keep track of over the year. Who whose team you know ultimately does better? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, before we move on, I just want to apologize. Troy, Troy Brower is actually with Florida now, so oh, okay, uh, yeah. that's a that's a point that that's a point against me because because I, I I like the player and now he's in Florida. So good for Florida, not so good for Calgary. But mm-hmm. any, an, anyways, uh, yeah. let's move on.
0: Yes, Calgary Flames. Good luck. Flames. <laughs> now on to one of one of Knicks for some reason favorite teams, the L.A. Kings. Yay! <laughs> what the hell? Okay. <laughs> they finished fourth in the Pacific last year. They are out in the first round via oh, Vegas
2: boy. Golden Knights, and, and that was a bad first round. What? But what was that? Series. What was that? What was that stat I gave you? I, they scored six goals the whole the whole series yeah, or something. Yeah.
0: Was That's it four awful. or five games?
2: They went out. They were swept.
0: Oh, they were swept. Yeah. Okay. They didn't,
2: they didn't win a game. Wow.
0: Wow. 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 Mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Boy, you're rough. You're hey, rough. Right. <laughs> I just, I don't like this team. I'm, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. We'll get into it in a sec. So, uh, yeah, I'll just give you the leaders. Kopitar, MVP caliber season, 92 points in 82 games. Wow. Dustin Brown, 61. Wow. Drew Doughty, 60 points. Wow. Tyler Toffoli, 47. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everyone else was pretty lousy. Jake Muzzin, actually, 42 in 74. That's pretty good. He's he's always been a good
2: under-the-radar defenseman that you rely on in leagues.
0: (laughs) Oh, super solid guy. He he looks like a real hockey player, too. Oh, yeah. And that's the main thing. So (laughs) uh, they add this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name's Ilya Kovalchuk. Mm -hmm. just coming off an MVP tournament at the Olympics. Does he deserve it? I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) So what I think Kovalchuk's, uh, what? 44, 43.
2: I have no fucking clue. Uh,
0: He's 35. I'm fucking with you, (laughs) but, uh, you know, you you want me to tell you why I don't like this team?
2: Go ahead. And I'm going to counter it and I'm going to, I'm going to win this debate.
0: No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) I, you watch you watched the playoffs last year you watched yeah. them play the 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 misfit golden Knights actually that, that team
2: that team made the Stanley cup final I know let, let me finish beat let your guys. Winnipeg Jets
0: let me finish who are these golden Knights and what is this la team doing they can't <laughs> skate at all can they well all of their their average age is probably around 35. And then you add a guy Kolvachuk who's 35, so they they don't move the needle there. I don't know, like this is a fantastic defense. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you this. This is a fantastic goalie, but the it's just a slow team. Now I I, I look at the players; they're great. You got Kopitar, you got Carter, uh, but I will say their main guys all had over the over the top good seasons last year. Kopitar's put up a career year. He's never had that those kinds of numbers. Uh, Brown, career year. Well, maybe not career year, but there's no way he gets back to 61. Dowdy had a great season. Uh, he is capable of doing that again. Uh, but I don't know. Like if, if Kopitar is not driving the ship like he was last year, I have no faith in this team. I just don't. They're just slow. They're boring. Uh I don't know. It's really hard to say what Kovalchuk will do. I, I could see him getting 30, but I don't know. They just, uh, they don't excite me as a team. I, I could see guys like, uh, like even Edmonton skating around this team quite easily. I could see Johnny Gaudreau skating around this team quite easily. I could see, I don't know. I just it doesn't seem like they're a modern NHL team to me.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to do my best to reply here. <laughs> and you've already conceded that this team's great, has a great defense and they have a have great goaltending so yep. there's that okay
1: mm-hmm.
2: now what i will say is that you did mention those top echelon guys the kopitars and and, and the brown and the dowdies they had they had good years they had and, and you'd argue maybe too good for their own sake yes but what i would argue is those guys who underperformed drastically underperformed tyler Defoley is not a 47 point guy he's never been that Okay, mm-hmm. this is a guy who can put up 250 shots in a season score 30 goals and 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 be be, be a talent that's the Tyler Defoley I know and he didn't show up last year and I think that had a lot to do with the Jeff Carter injury let's not forget Jeff Carter got injured very early in that season last year and Defoley mm-hmm. lost his center for the whole season with the exception of the last few weeks and so I also think that uh, that that hurts a player like Tanner Pearson who is a highly you know he organizationally he's one of the leaders on this team and and he's had bright spots and again i think he was hurt by the carter injury so i think that whole line that carter pearson to line who you know a, a lot of people that 70s line they, oh, they yeah, got a yeah. they, they, well, they got a yeah, they okay. got a nickname they're so good <laughs> that team too, that 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 line two seasons ago was fantastic and yeah. i and, and in the playoffs okay they didn't show up but they didn't have a long time playing together I think if they stay healthy, that 70s line can be a great second line. And then the top line with this newly rejuvenated Kopitar along with this Kovalchuk who is, you know, you see the KHL numbers. You know, those those pundits out there who do kind of the the transition between KHL to NHL numbers – it, it sounds like things are going to bode well for this guy. It sounds like he's going to hover around seventy points. He's going to put up a lot of shots. He's going to drastically help their power play, which I thought you know c- could have used some work last year. I know their penalty kill was the best or the second best in the league, but I think Kovalchuk will add. It
0: was the best.
2: Yeah, he, he, yeah. Kovalchuk's going to add a lot to this power play, and so I think with the addition of Kovalchuk, you could see this team being one of the best, just general special teams. Uh, uh, teams in the league and and so historically those teams that are the best special teams on both ends of the ice they are one of the better regular season teams and so i buy a lot into that I buy a lot into the healthy Jeff Carter and how he affects the 70s line. I buy into the fact that a Gabe Velarde can come in. He may not come in in the start of the year. He may start the year with Kingston, but I buy into the fact he can come eventually, provide yeah. some depth scoring on the third line. And Adrian Kempe, who was soaring to start last year, he was he looked on pace to score, you know, easily 30 goals if you just looked at that first month of the season last year. He 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 was young. It was, was his first full season. He's only going to get better. So I think between Kempe and Velarde, you got some good third line scoring there. And uh, and, and I think the rest will take uh, take care of itself. I, I I have high hopes in this team. I I think I think uh, I think it's going to be another good season in LA. Whether or not they show up in the postseason, that's going to be the big mm-hmm. glaring question that kind of hovers around this whole team the whole season. But regular season wise, you know, if if everyone stays healthy, this this team
0: should should be just fine. Mm. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm Good. I'm probably more hard on them just because you like them so much. But of course. Uh, yeah, I I could see them. E- yeah, I could definitely see them making the playoffs. But then going beyond the first round, it's just not in my head. So that's that's kind of why I, I I see this team and I just kind of pick holes in them. And but yeah, you're 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 right about their their defense. And arguably, they did get better by adding. Kovalchuk, and technically Carter as well because he was gone. And so Villardi. and Velarde. Nah, I, I don't, I don't have Velarde making this. Velarde
2: team. had fifty-eight points in thirty-two games with Kingston last year. That's I think, I, I think he's ready for the show.
0: I don't know. Is 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 he? Um, is he nineteen or twenty? I I don't remember.
2: He's still. I don't know his age. All I know is he's still eligible to play in the OHL.
0: Oh okay, yeah. Um, but
2: but but the reports I'm hearing is. You know, and he's at camp right now in LA as yeah. we speak. He he's 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 ready to go. He's ready for showtime. Is and he's and it,
0: he's a centerman, right? Or is he a winger? He's I a centerman. He, yes, yeah, centerman. But you he know, can I'd, play on the wing. They may not start
2: him at center, but he yeah. he's he like I'm telling you that third line. You put you put Kempe and him as your third line. That that's a solid third line.
0: And then Kick and then out, uh, Trevor Lewis is out of there.
2: No, Trevor Lewis could c- could fill in admirably on your fourth line. Mm. And and Trevor Lewis is one of the, the Bet, one of the best uh, bottom six uh, forwards in the entire NHL in terms of just you know two, two, two like in terms of you know playing on both sides of the ice.
0: Mm.
2: So uh, I, I they're going to be just fine th- this team. And you got those hard hitters in Cl- Kyle Clifford. They're still there, and you got Nate Thompson, who you got from Ottawa last year. He's going to slot in in the fourth line,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then you know uh, you know FNUF was surprisingly a good addition for this team. You know, well, I, I not not right not, here. not a lot of people saw that, you know, fitting, but he, he was great, especially on the power play. He mm-hmm. you know, on that second unit, he was great. Um, Derek Forbert is a highly underrated defenseman who not a lot of people know about, but him and Dowdy made one of the better, you know, duos in the NHL last year. Ooh. And then, uh, and then Jack Campbell is a guy who a lot of people may remember from the I remember juniors. Yeah. He was, he was fantastic between him and John Gibson. Those were two really young American goaltenders mm-hmm. who were fantastic in the, in the world juniors. Yeah. And, uh, he's finally found his home in LA. He was a great backup when he played last year. Um he, he, he I would not expect him to play this well, but he had some great numbers. I, I wish I had them in front of me right now. But uh he was fantastic. He, he he made the uh you know Peter Budai leaving pretty much mean nothing. Right. Um and so to have him backing up Jay Quick, who's gonna be, you know, starting sixty five games, I think's fantastic. So uh high hopes. I mean, yeah, uh two four eight goals against average, nine twenty four save percentage. Very admirable for a backup goalie. so uh, oh yeah, i I think, you know, I don't need to say anymore. this team's gonna be just fine, Kyle.
1: yeah,
0: and I'll, I'll be watching a lot of them this year, too, just because you know, I like grinding you whenever they lose a game. so I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be taking in the sights for sure. sure, for sure. Oh, uh,
2: and one one last thing I'm gonna mention. sure. I think I think just fantasy wise, I think guys shouldn't be overlooking a Jeff carter. i I think a lot of people are gonna. Sleep on him, given mm-hmm. uh, he only played, not he didn't play very much last year, and but but when he did play, he was fantastic, almost a point per game player. Mm-hmm. I I myself traded for him at the tail end of the year, um, did, d- yeah, didn't have to give up, much. <laughs> and and it, and it paid off. He was fantastic for me, so especially in those vital last few weeks in, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So uh, do not sleep on like a Carter or or even a Defoli, who who has to bounce back. Ooh. And, and and kovalchuk i mean this guy if you look at his stats when he was in the nhl it was pretty fucking fantastic
1: Ugh.
2: i mean for, 40 goals he, he, it's almost like he'd score 40 in his sleep and then you look at the shot totals he's just one of those high shot volume guys so i i'm excited to see how he slots in with this group um but you, you gotta think like his, his his like he can't be that bad, you know. Like he at mm. least has to get over sixty five points. Anything under would be a disappointment.
0: Right, and uh, just a, a super high volume shooter kind of guy too. So oh
2: yeah, they're very yeah. appetizing. People people like that apparently.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure so there he, he's going to be a go go to guy on the power play too, for sure, probably right. This like, power
2: play this power play is going to be one of the best power plays in the NHL. Oh
0: shut up.
2: But but I'm telling you, between <laughs> him, him and Dowdy passing the puck together, and 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 Dustin Brown standing in front of the net, and 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 just the the savvy play of Kopitar and and, mm. and Carter, that 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 those five guys I just mentioned are a great first unit, and the second unit, not too shabby either.
0: No, um, so he's going to play like an O V kind of position on that blue on I that think so. circle. I think yeah. I think so.
2: And, and that and that's why you should invest in him where he's going in drafts. So he's going around the 50 60 range i think that's totally fine and, and i think you can safely pick him up there could be wrong and, and you could you can call me out if i'm wrong but i, I think mm. he's gonna be just fine
0: Yeah. all right well well said Nick i uh i like i like the analysis on the team <laughs> i think uh, i think that pretty much wraps it up i like uh put, put it this way after hearing you talk about them i'm more high on them now
2: good how about I, that? I'm, I'm glad i'm, I'm glad that. My wisdom yeah. helped
0: out. And that's all I can give you. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, let's move on to, ooh, here's an interesting one, if I do say so myself, the uh, San Jose Sharks. Um, so they finished third in the Pacific last year. They lost in the second round to Vegas. Uh, they were led by Brent Burns with 67 points. Pavelski had 66, Couture had 61, and Hurdle had 46 uh, these guys are not up to much in the off season <laughs> so let's move on <laughs> no yeah let's 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 dive in some something happened to this team not too long ago a couple days ago the uh, the Eric Carlson trade so uh I guess l- why don't I break down the uh, the players moving the player movement here? Sure <clears throat> Ottawa receives <clears throat> Chris Tierney. Dylan DeMello, Josh Norris, Rudolphs (laughs) Balsers, a first-round pick in 2019 or 2020, a second-round pick in 2019, and a conditional second-rounder in 2021. Uh, So, yeah, the, the picks there, they do have some conditions attached to them. I don't have that information in front of me, but I think it's something like... Uh, If San Jose were to make the finals in 2019, that second rounder becomes a first. Um, And then whether it's 2019 or 2020 for the first, I'm not sure. But uh, what do you make of this return for Ottawa?
2: I think it was lousy as fuck. (laughs) I think this is an embarrassment of a trade. I think think Dougie Wilson straight up ripped this team apart and he totally thrifted them wow it, it, it's not even close from and and I'm not an expert on prospects I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna admit that but from the pundits the, the scouts out there who know these kids well you know this balser's kid and this uh who's the other kid uh Josh Norris Josh Norris these these guys. I, one guy led the Barracuda in goals last year. Okay, big deal.
0: <laughs> Who the fuck is that?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. One of one of them. I don't know. One of them led the Barracuda, oh.
1: goals
2: and, and that's where That's okay. Fuck yeah, but he's like 24. He's not like some young stud who's already tearing it up. And 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 the other guy. Oh well, he's he's good friends with uh, Kachuk, and and they were good friends in and in, in, in university. Oh yeah. Big fucking deal.
0: Who fucking so, cares?
2: I don't, I'm not buying into this. I think this was awfully done by Pierre Dorian. I think there needs to be some investigative journalism done oh, as, oh, oh. as, as to what the return was for Carlson back at the trade deadline, what the, what the return could have been back at the draft. And they, they need these reporters need to find that out so that if the return was higher, which I'm sure it mm. must've been, then oh, this load have. of shit, then then th- these guys can be held accountable, Dorian and Melnick. Mm. So I, I, I think it was totally awfully done management-wise. I think this return is nowhere where it needs to be. Yeah, they get a first-round pick. Maybe they get a second one if San Jose makes the cup final or whatever the condition is. Um, but either way, it's going to be a pick somewhere in the late 20s given how great this team looks on paper now. And uh, the reality is you traded away a superstar. You traded away the greatest franchise player all with all respect to daniel alfredson who s- sends fans mm. adore. Mm. this was your best player in organizational history and you got thrifted big time um and in fact th- this is almost this is fantastic i was uh as you know uh where toronto residents. is you know the tim and sid show right
0: Oh, I heard. I saw the show, Nick. Okay, it was
2: so, fantastic. So, okay, so, yeah, this was by no means I did the research. They did this research, and I love this little segment they put together here. They basically got four quotes from Melnick and Dorian.
1: Oh, in, I remember in, this. Yeah. In the
2: past year. Oh. Okay, so I'm just going to read this out. November 6, 2017. <laughs> and I quote, adding Matt Duchesne puts us over the top, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you basically have a guy thinking his team's going to come first in the Atlantic now because they add a Matt Duchesne.
0: Duchesne okay. will save us.
2: <laughs> okay. Three months later, February 2018, Dorian and Melnick decide a rebuild in tra- <laughs> and trading their captain is necessary.
0: Several months
2: later. <laughs> <laughs> Three months later. What a, what a how, debacle.
0: How do you go from <laughs> over the top to rebuild?
2: Exactly. That uh, makes no sense it's like it's like kindergartners um okay just a few days ago in that embarrassing video starring uh matt borowitzky who should get all the credit in the world for having to do that fucking oh. snl skit it was like an uh... snl skit okay and i quote melnick right now we're in a dumpster no shit
0: we are in a dumpster fire boys and just how do we fix this (laughs) let's trade carlson
2: you trade carlson and you make a a a video that has no place being there and 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 three days later this is pierre deron quote this is the right moment to rebuild our team so i think just between that was all within a 10 month little saga what a what a debacle and 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 for someone who actually respected this team, because I believe their scouting's been great, Dorian—that's his background—is a former scout. I think the young kids, and we spoke with the, about them in the Atlantic episode. They're great, and and I think the, there's there's certainly prospects there that are that are great. But this trade, what what was a huge moment for this organization moving forward? They totally screwed up.
0: Mm. I think uh, you 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 mentioned that ten month period. And I, I was a i was a Sens fan when they made that, that Hammond run where they had that historic run. I'm like, holy shit, this is a character team. This is awesome. You had the Craig Anderson's wife story. Like, this was the character team in my mind, right? They had the, the run against Pittsburgh where they, they were one goal away from the finals. And I was like, man, I love Ottawa. This team is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then... In such a short time, I don't think anyone, any team, in a in a long time has had such a cataclysmic fall from grace. Mm-hmm. Very it's like well put. Dor- Dorian woke up one day, the wrong side of the bed, and said, <laughs> "Well, it's over for this team. I'm gonna fuck this up." Yeah. And if I want to be really pessimistic, pessimistic here, Nick, I, I, let me just run you through the the return they got on these players. Okay, so Chris Tierney. DeMello, Norris, Balsers the, the odds of one of these guys becoming a top 6 or a top 4 defenseman are slim I know Chris Tierney's a, a solid guy, that's great congratulations uh, you've got a depth player now I'm, now let me turn my attention to this first round pick Okay, this is San Jose this is San Jose with Eric Carlson this pick is going to be a late pick it might as well be a second rounder. And last time I checked the odds of a second rounder, late first rounder kind of guy becoming a top six, top four guy, they're slim. They're slim. I can't. T- and then I look the other second rounder and then the conditional other second rounder. Like, you, you got to be kidding me here. If, if this, if we look back in four years and Ottawa doesn't have one single top six or top four guy from this trade, Dear God, it, it might be worse than we think right now, and it's already bad. It's already very bad. It's, uh, yeah. Another funny thing is Dorian has this weird obsession with uh, not wanting to trade his players within the division or within the East. It, it happened with, with Hoffman. Uh, they, they traded him to, to San Jose. They probably took less than they could have gotten. Uh, just say, oh, yeah, we don't want him in the East. What does San Jose do? They flip him right back to the East. Okay, uh-huh. so they, they, they already screwed him once, okay, and now they're going back to San Jose to give him arguably the best uh, defenseman of our generation of this generation. Like you, you can't really sugarcoat this. Um, all I can say is is just buckle up, Ottawa fans, because it's going to be a very salty season, especially knowing that your first rounder just it it just doesn't belong to you. I don't know what else to say. Colorado fans are going to be like, "Well, you know what? Even if we have a bad season, we're getting uh we're scoring big time either way." This is uh this is awful. This is just awful.
2: And and I want to make three more points. Point number 1 is um when when you look at that whole we don't want to trade Carlson in the east thing. I don't buy that for shit. Because basically what it sounds like is they totally took out Half half the market where they could have traded this player to, I'm pretty confident. Like a Tampa or a Toronto, probably offered way more than this than this return they got, and yet they didn't want to trade him because they're scared to play whoever that team is for two more extra games than you'd original than, than you would originally end up playing a West team, mm. right? If if you play if like if he goes to San Jose, you're gonna see San Jose twice a year. If he goes to somewhere like. Uh, I don't know, Tampa, you're going to see them four or five times. So to, 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 to limit the deal to such an extent, because that's what it sounds like right now. That's what they did. To, to, to have to play a guy three less times you know, a season, I, I think that's pretty ridiculous. Don't, don't, don't you think the same?
0: Oh, yeah. Hot, hot take there. Dorian wants to avoid looking like a fool for sending Carlson to the East. Ugh. Buddy, <laughs> like, like you said, you're, you're limiting half your market. And uh, you're already looking like a fool. Like there's no avoiding this now. Like you are the league's uh, town drunk. I don't know what and, he's, uh, <laughs> you can call him whatever you want. He just... And and
2: and then when you do trade a guy within within you know outside of it, and you, and you go, yes, we got we ended up you know we traded Hoffman to to San Jose. We won't be seeing any more of him. Yeah. Nope. He's thrifty. He's shot up right to Florida. So yeah, you're gonna have to see him five times a year. Congratulations. Wow. So. Yeah, really, really shitty. I, I, again, I, I think, you know, it's it's fun to pick apart this team, but we got to talk about San Jose. And the two points mm-hmm. I want to make about San Jose is uh, those players who they traded away, very inconsequential. As Someone who watched probably fifty, forty 40 to 50 San Jose games last year, very inconsequential players. Tierney, you know, good depth, good depth uh, forward, you know, yep. bot- bottom six guy, that's about it. Jamello, he was in and out of the lineup. When he was in, I liked him. I, I think he's a very good skater. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but boy, oh, boy, he, he, you know, not, not a. He's a five-six at best, and sometimes he was a healthy scratch. So, so there's that. And, and then, like I said about those those two prospects, not the most highly touted. And, and and to just bring it up, I, I had written a report about you know San Jose before the, you know this episode because obviously I wasn't expecting this trade you know two months ago when I did the research on this team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wrote down their top prospects. You know, I have a guy like Dylan Gambrella here, mm-hmm. uh, Radim Simek or Sinek. You know, these guys are, are at the top of their organizational depth. And then like number three or four here, I have Rudolf Balcers. So, they didn't even get, you know, the cream of the crop, so to speak, mm. in their in their organizational pool. So even that guy like Ryan Merkley, oh, like yeah. that, would, that would have been a cool little pickup if, if, yeah. you, got, if you got him, because I heard he was one of the most talented players taken in this most recent mm-hmm. draft. He, his value slipped because of, you know, character issues, so to speak. But like even him, that would have been a good return. You trade Carlson, but you end up getting, you know, a, a good defense prospect back who could play with Shabbat moving forward. That would have been great. Yeah. But uh, but no, they, they couldn't get it done. And uh, yeah, that, that's my second point with San Jose. And then my third and final point is how great is this team when you just look at them on paper now? I mean, f- forward wise, you have that top line of Thornton, Kane and Pavelski. And I know people want to, you know, chirp Thornton and say, you know, he's getting old and he can't play. Well, listen to this. He had 36 points in 47 games last year. He only played the 47 games because he was hurt with injuries. But that's a pretty good point total right there. You know, 36 and 47, I'll take that from a guy like him. And then you look at the rest of the team, Hurdle and Meyer. They're two good, you know, second-line guys. They can play with Logan Couture. Logan Couture being one of the best uh, second centers in the league. Mm -hmm. And now what you have because of the addition of Kane is you have guys like Don Skoy, who you asked to play on the top line for certain parts of the year, or LeBanc, who you asked to play on the top line for certain parts of the year. Those guys can slot in on the third line, they can produce some depth scoring, and then uh, the rest takes care of itself. The Melkman, Melker Carlson, he's,
1: he's
2: he's on the fourth line, he's gonna do just well there. Dylan Gambrell, that guy I just mentioned, he he looks like he's NHL ready ready. Like he can slot in as the fourth center. Um, and then you know defense i don't need to say much else the the reality is if if burns plays on one unit and carlson plays on the other unit you're gonna have one of those two guys on the ice for 50 of the 60 minutes of the game
1: mm-hmm. which
2: i think is just is just mind-boggling and then you add a guy like you know you still have a guy like mark edward Vlasic, who people say is arguably the best just defensive defenseman just purely defensive speaking defenseman mm-hmm. in the league that's fantastic and then your goalie duo and Martin Jones and this surprise guy in Aaron Dell, who consistently puts up good numbers as a backup, this team is about as complete as a team in the NHL. You, I don't think you can disagree with that, Kyle.
0: I do agree. This is uh, this is looking fantastic. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I, I want to go back to Joe Thornton just for a sec because if you do look at the kind of game that Thornton does play and it's, he's played this for a while. Uh, it's not really a skating-based kind of style. He's more of a cerebral kind of guy. He really looks over his plays. He's a big playmaker, uh, uses his body every so often, but that's the kind of game he's been playing, not that kind of skating game, and it's worked for him. He's been super effective. He's a guy that can really do well on the power play, just feeding that blue line, feeding uh, like a net front kind of, uh, not him. not him at the net front, but feeding the net. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fantastic. I mean, you can't poke hole in, poke holes in any part of this team. The center depth is there. The forwards, the the goaltending is 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 good enough. It's it's Martin Jones has proved that he can be an above average goaltender. Um, uh, my my one question I'd have is, uh, do they play both Burns and Carlson on the power play, and could that get a little bit like, you know, you know, it's my kind of thing and pass-to-me, pass-to-me kind of thing. Do you see that being an issue at all?
2: Well, first thing I'll say is, in the reports I've read, it looks like that's what they're going to start out with. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna have those two guys on the points, and then on forward, they're going to have Thornton, they're going to have Podelski, and they're going to have Couture, which means Evander Kane's bumped to the second unit, which I was right. kind of surprised to hear, but eh. We'll see, you know, Peter DeBoer, he'll, he'll play around with it and we'll see. But, but from what I hear, that's what they're going with. And then to answer your question about the whole, you know, passing and shooting and who's going to have the puck and stuff, I don't think it's too big a deal. I I think, you know, Pavelski and Thornton, those guys are more net front presence guys, you know, cerebral passers as well. Um, So I don't think they're going to get too many looks shooting the puck. And, Mm -hmm. and because of that, I think, you know, Carlson and and Burns are going to get more than enough touches to let it rip. And uh, and to do some damage. Mm-hmm. So even if even if they do play on the same unit, I don't uh, I don't see it being too much of a concern. And then if they do decide to spread it out, and how they do that will be totally up to them. Um, then hey, that that will be great too. You'll have you'll have arguably the two best offensively gifted defensemen in the league, kind of splitting duties uh, for your power play. Yeah. So I think it, either way, I, I don't think it's I think it's it's not a problem. It's it's more how they, you know, it, it, there's a lot worse problems to have that's what, that's oh, yeah. what I'm trying to say you know so and Peter Debory, in my opinion one of the best coaches in the league I think he's mm-hmm. he's gonna do he's gonna do a fine job uh kind of spreading out the wealth in terms of minutes
0: yeah I, I could see them maybe setting up like uh Carlson on the blue line and, and Burns at the top of the circle sort maybe in like an Ovechkin position e- oh, either yeah. way I think Burns is if Burns has a lot of shots usually I think he's gonna get even more this year this guy uh the sky's the limit for goals for this guy I think uh This is gonna be an absolutely lethal, lethal power play. Sky's Mm -hmm. the limit. Like I can't wait, honestly. This is gonna be very exciting.
2: I I almost feel bad because I I liked watching this team like the last two years when they were kind of under the radar, underrated. (sighs) This was kind of one of Nick's teams, like kind of one of those underrated teams that I like to cheer for that didn't really have the attention of other people like you. Yeah. But now everyone's going to be firing up Game Center to watch this team every night. Yeah. So I, I feel like I no longer hold this secret yeah, in the San right, Jose right. Sharks, and and now everyone's watching them. So yeah. good for the Sharks. And uh, yeah, and apparently Eric Carlson, uh, it's it's looking more likely he's going to sign a long term deal. I, I read a report today about you know uh, Dougie Wilson offering him a seven year deal,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, historically, if you look at players who've come to this organization from other teams. They all re Burns, Jones, uh Evander Kane most recently. I mean, they they love it there in San Jose. They love the Northern Californian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I and I can't see Carlson, you know, leaving like kind of leaving in a in a hurry. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I think and, and, and it's interesting because when you ask Ottawa why was the return so low, a lot of people said, Oh, well, it was because you know, it wasn't Carlson hadn't confirmed he was going to resign. So if you look at it as more of just a one year rental, well then maybe the deal makes more sense. The return makes more sense. Yeah. But that, but then when you read reports like this, where, Oh, they're, they're closing in on a seven year deal then I'm like, well, no, clearly that's baloney that they're just thrown out there to appease their fan base. Mm-hmm. So good for San Jose. I hope they lock up Carlson long deal. It would be a great place for him to spend the next seven years of his life. And, uh, all the best to him
0: yeah the only thing the only thing that kind of makes me wonder about that is uh sure great great place to live uh probably where Carlson would want to you know place his family and all that kind of stuff and he, he wants that stability because I know he's at that age and all that but uh I do get the sense that this team's uh he they're they're up there one of the best teams in the league right now but I feel like their window is not too long if you know what I mean
2: yeah, well, you know that's a very good point because, like we mentioned earlier, with those Californian teams, a lot of their talent is in their early to mid thirties, mm-hmm. um, and so that that's certainly – You know, Joe Thornton. This is a guy who may only have a year or two left in this league. Mm-hmm. So, if the time is to win the Cup, I think it's certainly in the next two years here.
0: For sure, yeah, um, they're going to be full throttle going for it. The full this throttle year going and next for year, hundred percent
2: absolutely as they should be and, and and they're certainly the favorites in that respect so mm-hmm. I agree to your point but you know ultimately in the, in this podcast here we're evaluating teams in, in the next coming year mm-hmm. and uh, and I think this has got to be one of the best
0: for sure agreed there so yeah that's San Jose do you want to add anything else or are you good to move on
2: I, I think we covered this team quite a bit I think yeah. uh, we've addressed everything oh, oh yeah. one more thing. Oh yeah. Um I want to have a little bit of a fantasy conversation about um Martin Jones. Sure. Because a point I have is while he certainly fits the mold and in, in goalies I like, you know, playing for talented teams and and I'm sure his his fantasy value has skyrocketed here in the last few days given the the Carlson trade. You know, he's playing one, behind one of the best defense in the league, if not the best. Right. You know, I know I know Nashville's got something to say about that, but uh but you know, certainly one of the best. Um, I was not a fan how Pete DeBoer kind of distributed playing time last year. Oh, I, yes. I feel like Aaron Dell got a lot of starts, and and it, and it got me kind of concerned. And uh, he signed a, a contract recently that you know is a is a lot of money for a backup. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that means he's going to start playing more games. Maybe you're going to see like kind of like a Soros-Rene situation in Nashville, and you're kind of going to see something like that here. So it raises concern about Martin Jones because I'd love to pick him as a goalie, but at the same time I hate picking goalies who aren't necessarily going to get, you know, their sixty starts a year. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: what what do you think? Because that's kind of where I feel with this player.
0: Um, well, I I look at uh, I look at the last three seasons he's played sixty five, sixty five, and last year was sixty. Um. He had decent numbers, 30 wins, 915, 255. Uh, but we all know Aaron Dell is one of those backups who's kind of knocking on the door. It's some, something what, somewhat like uh, like a Saros over in Nashville. Uh-huh. Uh, but, I mean, Jones, he's only 28. Uh, he's proven to be a, a good goalie for them. I don't see why uh, he would get below like a 55 kind of start um, season. Um, I think. 55 oh no! That, would be, yeah, that's, that's lowest, not happening.
2: I'm I'm thing. just, but I I just saying somewhere between fifty five and sixty, which I think he's gonna fall this season. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy to hear that as a right. Jones owner. Like the the place he's going in drafts, he's going about you know forty to fiftieth pick somewhere in between there. Right. That that's high for a guy who may not even get sixty starts this year. Right. So it's it's concerning, and uh, you know it, it it make it definitely makes like it it makes him garner less appeal in my opinion
0: right yeah for someone like me where i'm i'm looking at a goalie more for he's gonna get consistency and he's gonna have decent splits. so i I know i'm gonna get uh i'm gonna get good splits out of martin jones this year and uh in terms of losing a couple wins here and there because of his starting uh i don't know I, i think i can probably pick that up uh with just like uh waiver wire picks if, if i'm really hurting that year but it, honestly it's not going to bother me probably as much as it's going to bother you if, if he gets around 55 60 starts i'm fully happy with him as my number two guy probably not number one but uh yeah if i were to get him number two i'd, I'd be perfectly perfectly happy yeah
2: and uh would would dare would aaron dell slot in as a as a number three on a team
0: uh perhaps yeah that that would be uh that would be a key pickup but uh, you could. Uh, honest, I wouldn't keep him as a number two. I'd more pick him up when he's available. As a three, I thing. said. I yeah. said as a three, like as as a waiver wire guy. Yeah,
2: no, like as a guy who stays on your team the full the whole year as a number three goalie. Yeah,
0: because you, you know you certain could do certain teams,
2: but... certain teams like me, I like to keep three goalies in a year. I know you oftentimes only keep two, but I keep three. Yeah. Could for a team like me, could he be your third goalie?
0: I think yeah, that'd be that'd be a great third goalie option if, if you wanted to go that way especially if you did have uh, have Jones because then you could just kind of take all of the San Jose games so yeah it should, I, be, I, it should be great I would I would love Jones as a as a three guy every time he plays he's probably gonna put up good numbers because he has done that in the past uh, yeah I mean that's uh that's all I can really say about that I, I like uh, I like Jones as a number two and Dell as a decent number three but not really my um, strategy in terms of fantasy. Sure. Yeah.
2: All righty. Well, that, that does it for that question. And uh, if you want to move on, let's let's go ahead.
0: Sure. Okay. So next is the Anaheim Ducks, who finished second in the Pacific. Uh, They're led by Ricard Raquel with 69 points in 77. Getzlaff had 61 points in 56, so over a point per game for him. Uh, Corey Perry had 49 in 71. Uh, Silverberg had 40. Uh Kashe had 38. Um so who did they add this year? They not a whole lot. They added Andre Schuster, Luke Shen, Carter Rowney, kind of uh more depth, guys, kind of solidifies up that blue line on the uh, with the Luke Shen and, and Schuster, but uh it's largely the same as last year. And I know uh Getzlaff missed a lot of time, but he's still. He's still kicking pretty hard. He had a really good season last year for the little time he did play, but um, I don't know. There's a lot of age on this team, Nick. Uh, It looks like one of those teams, as we mentioned before, uh, where their window is closing pretty quick. Um, They're 18th in the league in goals per game, so that needs a bit of a boost here. Uh, They got a great goalie in John Gibson. I think gibson's fantastic and i i look at this d as being very solid as well um but uh what, what kind of noise do you think these guys can make in the, in the pacific here with guys like perry and Getzlaff definitely uh definitely on the decline
2: well it pains me to say it because you know how much i like my californian teams yeah but uh i i think it's about time the ducks die this year oh i i don't that think that's harsh i i think it's about time
0: yeah.
2: and uh they have had a great run they they seemingly make the playoffs every year. They're kind of like they were kind of like a Chicago in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think their time has come here. I I see today's NHL and I see the speed of today's NHL and how these older oh, yeah. guys can't keep up. And and one thing I value in San Jose and LA is despite the trend that the NHL is going in, they adapt. You know, LA they, they get rid of Daryl Sutter who who played more of like a hard nosed grinding game and, and they and they put Johnny Stevens in there. And he, you know, he, he, he gets the offense better, the power play gets better. They get youthful guys like Gabe Velarde and and Kempe in there now who are gonna, you know, make their team less slow, hopefully. And, and the style that John Stevens implemented, it, it, was, it was more of a quick-paced uh, style that was more appealing to today's NHL. And obviously with San Jose, they only add younger kids. Uh, you know, San Jose, we didn't even talk about, they added uh, the leader in, in the the leading goal scorer in the Finnish Elite League. Um, so like even just little acquisitions like that just mm-hmm. guys who come in who can who can bring a youthful exuberance I like that term a youthful exuberance yes. they could slot in and, and they could support these older guys and yet when i see anaheim i see a team that's not adapting to the changing times they still have a coach in randy Carlisle who seemingly plays this the same style like it's like he's going to be outshot every game like he did with the leafs and and yet it, it's just this this awkward style that he he hasn't changed his coaching style at all and 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 you see these you know, older guys like Getzlav and Perry, who they're still going to rely on for their scoring. And, and, yeah. and in terms of additions, it's guys like Brian Gibbons and Karner Rowney, who I don't see as making a, a, a lot of noise here. Um, Schuster and Shen, two slower, bigger <laughs> defensemen. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't fit the mold of today's NHL. And, and I question what they're doing. And I think time's finally caught up to them here. And, and, I, and I think you know Kessler they're saying he may not even start the season he's, he's still not healthy after his surgery um you know John Gibson he, as much as he's a great goalie he has a really hard time staying healthy and, and putting together healthy seasons mm-hmm. um Ryan Miller and an aging Ryan Miller's your backup I mean the, the team just doesn't look very appetizing and uh hmm. I'm sorry I, I they don't they don't seem to be you know adapting to today's NHL and I think that's going to really hold them back this year
0: yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. They uh especially when you you're one you're one Ryan Getzlaff injury away or you're one Ryan Kessler injury away from having a just a scary scary center depth. Cuz if you lose one of those two guys, you've got Adam Henrique in there who's not bad, but I don't know, like there's not a lot is uh is exciting me on this team and I like to relate it to some something last year they were swept by San Jose in the first round last year. And look how much better San Jose got. Anaheim seemingly didn't do anything over the offseason. So they're they're moving backwards when a lot of these other teams are improving. Uh, so, yeah, this, this team, to me, could be one of the bigger fallers. Uh, they've got some talent, some young talent, like Sam Steele, uh, Troy Terry. He's good, but I don't know if they can really step in this year and make a huge difference. Uh, that Andre Kasha guy he's he's very talented he could have a good season um Nick Ritchie uh, uh, he's more of a depth kind of guy but Ricard raquel I I love Ricard raquel personally I think he's just a fantastic winner winger kind of does it all physical guy good on the power play shoots scores everything but uh, yeah they're, they're very very close they're one injury away from being being very scary scary in this league, so to speak. So I don't know if Getzlaff plays out of his mind, goes over a point per game. You never know. They they could push for a spot, but it's going to be a long shot for sure.
2: Yeah, and and for a guy like John Gibson, who I agree I like him, but I'm kind of scared to draft him because you have he can't even stay healthy that often compared to other goalies who are being drafted in his range.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the team in front of him as good as they are defensively. And I think there's some great young defensemen there and Josh Manson and Brandon Montour, who I think are excellent talents. Um, The rest of the team just, they have a hard time staying healthy. They're getting old and the management hasn't done much to support them in, in, in the changing NHL. So I, uh, I, I'd, I'd stay away from, from drafting too many players on this team fantasy wise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and
2: i'd also i think everyone should have concern in terms of just holistically how this team will perform this season.
0: Yeah, i would agree. They there's there's also a, a wild card in, in Patrick Eves said he, he might be returning. I'm not really sure what his injury was last year, but he was a decent kind of depth guy uh who can step in and out of the top 6 as needed. But again, he's he's an older player as well. It's the it's a similar storyline. Um I know you had Perry last year. He didn't he didn't do too bad last year, Perry, for you, but uh again, that's going to decline as well. Um I don't know. Yeah, there's not much there's not much we can say about these guys because they haven't really done much and it's uh it's kind of the a similar story to some other aging teams where it just looks like the window's closing very fast. So, uh they're going to need a boost somehow, whether that's from a trade or a young player who plays out of his mind or gets laugh or something like that. But yeah, this team needs something. They just need something to be competitive this year. They're, they're too slow. They just, uh, to me, they're like, they might be slower than L than LA. I don't know. It's, it's well, that's close.
2: the point I made. That's the point. At le- But that's the point I made. At least LA is trying to get out of that rut. You right, know, right. they, they fire the coach. They get the newer coach. They get the younger kids in there. Um, they're they're doing their best, whereas Anaheim, I don't even see any strides in that respect. I don't know mm. why Randy Carlyle's still there, especially after getting swept by San Jose. So yeah, I, I I'm concerned, and uh, yeah, that's all I got to say.
0: I think the only player that I would look to draft on this team is is, is Raquel. Probably Raquel, just for his uh, his his versatility, and maybe uh, may,
2: may, maybe Gibson.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I would I like Gibson for his splits because he's. In the last three years, he's had excellent, excellent splits. But again, oh, yeah. if he does get injured, you're kind of up the creek, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, if he can be healthy, he he could be a solid, solid pick. But again, uh, he he could be below 920 even in his splits this year. It's uh, it's going to be a transition year perhaps for for Anaheim. May, maybe they surprise us. Who knows? You know. They could uh, they're capable of surprising
2: yeah and, and don't forget maybe that that piece you're looking for maybe they get that at the trade deadline you know yeah possibly. Maybe, maybe, maybe they play decent hockey up until February maybe maybe they're outside looking in but they're still close mm-hmm. and then maybe they get something at the deadline and maybe they just squeeze in so again it's one of those teams who, who I'm hesitant to say they will make it like just as of right now but yeah. if they do find a way to get in I won't be super surprised.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of did have them being on the bubble, kind of challenging, kind of close all year. And, and whether they're in or out, I'll, I'll, I'll say later. But if mm-hmm. they are in the bubble and they do get that extra piece, then, then who knows? Sure. All right, let's move on to, to the number one team. All righty. Vegas Golden Knights, first in the Pacific, defeated in the Stanley Cup Finals by Washington. God damn it. So close. So close.
2: The Cinderella story almost came true.
0: Ah, just just missed by a bit. That that filthy Russian hockey player.
2: Yeah, <laughs> kind of shitty.
0: Yeah. So their leaders were uh, William Carlson with 78 in 82. 43 goals too, by the way, with a really, really high shooting percentage. We'll get to that later. Uh, Marcia so had 75 in 77. David Perron had 66 in 70. Riley Smith had 60 in 67. Uh, Eric Howla had 55 in 76. So, yeah, we, we all know the, uh, the storyline of last year, the the team of misfits who came together and show that they, they're more than what people originally said. Um, now, they do have... Do you want to get into the trade right away? Or, yeah, we might as well.
2: Well, I just I have a funny point to make here before we get to the trade. I in my notebook here I have all this stuff written about about this team and I but I have one kind of asterisk. Yeah. And I have and I quote, needs scoring after the loss of Neil and Perron.
1: Oh. Quote.
2: (laughs) Quote. Tatar not enough. Wow. That's what I have written here, and I have not (laughs) I have not updated this and uh now you can kind of that that's a fun little segue into our trade here so why don't you tell us about the trade
0: it's yeah good uh good segue so montreal gets uh a player named thomas tatar they get a good prospect in nick suzuki and a 2019 second rounder now vegas gets uh max Pacioretty. um my initial thoughts is uh, hats off to Mark Bergevin, who, who seemingly pull, pulled off a trade that is good for his team and it's good for the other team too. I see two two teams who needed different things and they both got what they needed. Uh, Tatar, he's a solid winger, not going to be a top line guy. Suzuki, he had a lot of, he is a highly touted guy. Centerman, which uh, Montreal loves, the second rounder, stock up the picks picks our currency in this league. Um and yeah, just good for Montreal. I, I saw a bit of Suzuki as well in, in the uh in the scrimmage today. He looks pretty good. But uh Max Pacioretti filling the void, Nick, to prove your journal wrong. Max mm-hmm. Paci, the perennial thirty goal scorer every year, except for last year. Um oh you know what what can he really do on this team? He's gonna slot in is he gonna slot in behind Riley Smith, or can he sneak onto that top line?
2: Nah, looks like he's gonna be starting off with Stasny. That, yeah. that, that, that's what I've read here. They don't want to break up the chemistry that that top line had, for good reason, given mm. how great they were last year. But it yeah. looks like he's gonna slot in with Stasny and, and Alex Tuck, who I, I think will it'll he'll be just fine. I I think I, I heard an interview with Patchetti. He had some chemistry with Stasny playing for the mm. American team. Right. So I I don't think they want to play with that. Um, and then on the power play, then you can put in with the, with the big guns, you know, you'll have Carlson Smith, Theodore, or March so patch ready. That's a fantastic five man unit
1: mm-hmm. on the,
2: on the power play. So I think he's slotted in just fine. He, he probably won't garner the better defensive matchups given they'll be against the Carlson line.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and with that, he'll light it up. And, and, and I definitely can see him scoring at least 30. Would it be crazy if he scored 35? Hell, maybe mm. he scores 40. We'll Ooh. see. Um, again high shot volume guy can yep. can feel confident about getting him in fantasy he's going like I, he, his value obviously has gotten you know higher since uh, since the trade but he's still going like we're affordable you know oh, yeah. ar- around the around the late. 60 range around the 60 70 range right yeah so i, I think that's that's a steal for for this guy and uh, for for the upside for the ceiling and uh, i i I'm, I'm very confident this this Things things look right for Patchetti, kind of 100%. similar to similar to Galchenyuk. He's out of a toxic, toxic situation in Montreal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Who who speaking of that toxicity, if no one's seen it, I implore you to to look up a photo. It was in the Montreal Gazette about a week ago. Oh. I shared it with Kyle and I found it. It's a perfect photo of of Max. It shows Max Patchetti shaking hands. With what look with with Mark Bergevin, you you see a Pacioretty with the most fake artificial smile ever. <laughs> the back of Bergevin's head, but you know it's Bergevin because he's this big brute with these giant, <laughs> with these giant ass biceps.
0: The guns <laughs> and
2: and right in the middle you see Alan Walsh, the agent of Max Pacioretty, with this steely eyed look, and and he's almost he's looking right at Bergevin, and you can just tell he just hates his guts
0: shooting but, and he, and
2: he, <laughs> he can see he can see right through that that geese that oh. that verge displaying and it's a great photo i implore everyone to take a look uh like i said montreal gazette about a week ago since this recording uh give it a look and and like i said great to see him out of that toxic environment he said he's in a good place in in vegas it, i saw some of the photos of his first day there he was in a chopper he looks like he's having a good time oh yeah and he's a great guy. He said all the right things in Montreal. He seemed like just a, an honest, good chap that wanted to get out of, you know, like he wanted to be there, just they clearly didn't want him. And, and it, quite frankly, it seems like he was mistreated by Bergevin, the fan base, and, and it's good to see, to see him in Vegas now.
0: Oh, I think he's going to fit right in there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so you look at what Vegas lost over the, over the off season. They lost Perron and Neil. And they seemingly replaced those guys perfectly with Stastny and Pacharetti. So, yeah, good on them, and um, it it it's it's great that they did that. Although I can't help but think this is one of the the harder teams to to judge based on where they're going to finish in the standings. I mean, it is Vegas, and they, they showed us so much last year. But I still I still have a hard time telling if if. The the players here are going to perform like they did last year. It's really hard to say if Flurry's going to put up the same numbers. Carlson he had crazy high shooting percentage. He's he's never been a goal scorer, and he put up forty three amongst the most in the NHL. Uh, Marsh is so exploded. Riley Smith everybody kind of exploded Nick and I I can't tell what's gonna happen next year there's so much mystery they could pick up right where they left off or they could go to where everyone thought they would be or they could be somewhere in the middle I have I, it's really tough for me and then that kind of translates over to uh, to fantasy as well where do you draft a guy like William Carlson like uh, Nate Schmidt has gotten 20 game suspension for a very minor over a uh, very minor performance enhancing drug uh, penalty Uh, that bumps up Shea Theodore's uh, his uh, his stock so it's just I find this team very hard to judge other than guys like Jonathan Marcheseau who I think would be a solid guy all around either way what do you think on uh, on predicting these guys
2: see I disagree I think they're they're going to be just fine and I see them you know can't they can't be too much worse than last year because I break the team down and they address my glaring need, which was the scoring by getting patch ready. And so you have two very confident lines. And then you got a guy like Eric Halla on your third line, who I think will slot in just fine. And then just a real hard to play against fourth line, and Belmar and Reeves. Mm. Uh, I mean, forward wise, they almost get, they're almost perfect. And then I look at their defense and I think they're one of the most vastly underrated defense in the league. Yes, they miss, you know arguably their best all around defenseman of the first twenty games of the season. But so be it. I still think Colin Miller's a very underrated defenseman. Braden McNabb in LA, he was great. Very underrated. Derek Englund, who they're saying might be the captain in no Vegas. No way, really? Yeah, because he's a Vegas local and, and he showed a lot of oh, char- yeah. he showed a lot of character in that speech he made after the the terrible shootings that happened.
1: Right. And
2: and you got a Shea Theodore who is a stud. And then uh, Nick Holden, you got him from Boston. He's always been a solid stay-at-home defenseman. I think the D is vastly underrated. And then that all comes into to the goalies. I mean, if the D is good and the forward does their part, Flurry can't be any much worse. He he's proven he can be a consistent goalie over the regular season. I don't see his uh, his stats taking too much of of a hit this year. The only concern I have is health. I know he missed some time last year. Hopefully, he can stay healthy healthier this year. And then a Malcolm Subban, who every time he came in to back up was, was solid. I think he's mm-hmm. really found a home in Vegas. He, he didn't really find that in Boston, but apparently him and the goalie coach kind of figured something out there in Vegas. And, and it really showed last season when, when he played. So all across the board, they look good to me. And uh, this Vegas team, I I can't see them dropping off too hard. Yes, certain individuals like a Carlson will definitely see a dip. I I agree that uh, a 23.4 shooting percentage is just historically gaudy and it's just not going to stay there. Mm -hmm. Um, But everybody else, I think uh, Jonathan Marcheseau has proven he can be a consistent player. I think Tuck's uh, good too. Tuck is on the uh, on the up and up. Stadney's a he's a consistent guy who in St. Louis and Winnipeg was was great two way for, uh, forward. Mm-hmm. Max Pacioretty is Max Pacioretty, and uh, yeah, I I think I
0: think they're going to be just fine. What do you make of this kid Cody Glass? He's coming in with oh a lot boy of, uh, a lot of hype.
2: He is getting a lot of hype, and and I haven't seen the player play a whole lot, but mm-hmm. you know he, he is getting a lot of hype. And uh, I heard, you know, kind of when you rank their prospects, because that's what people were doing with this Montreal trade. Apparently, if you compare him and Suzuki, this guy was like a cut above yeah. from uh, from Suzuki. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if you consider that, because Suzuki's already a pretty good prospect, but this glass guy, cut above, He he's like, from what I've heard, he's your prototypical number one center he can slot in and be a number one center for a team at some point in his career. And, and the fact he's coming into this team, uh, to not even play a one or two role, you know, probably play a three or a four and, or maybe even slot in on the wing on the second line or something like that. Yeah. Um, that would be fantastic. So I, I think, I hope he finds a, he finds a spot there earlier rather than later. And, uh, I hope it pays off.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. I was, Again, with back to the Nate Schmidt suspension, does this blow the door wide open for Shea Theodore to take that number one D spot and, and just run with it? Does he get that spot and, and keep it?
2: I don't see why not. I, I, I think he's always been our, probably their most offensively talented defenseman. I'm actually more surprised that they, that they put um, what's-his-face, the guy who got suspended. Nate Schmidt. Uh, Nate Schmidt. I'm actually surprised he he got more power play time than Theodore did. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think this it couldn't have come at a better time for Theodore. The suspension. I think he's going to slot in just fine for their first twenty games. And I think I think I I don't see why he can't run with it. So uh, I think he's vastly underrated in draft. He he's going a lot uh, lower than he should be, or sur- like whatever. He's going he's going much he's going much later in drafts than he should. Yeah. And uh, and I think you could definitely jump on him, and he could be a serviceable. Uh, you know three four defensemen
0: Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah if you remember last year they started the season theodore did with that kind of weirdness with the ahl didn't play a full 82 last year he played 61 and he was about a half point per game even then um so i yeah look look for an increase in ice time increase in power play increase in overall opportunity with with schmidt out and uh i've looked at this guy he's always had the talent because he he lit it up in junior he lit it up at the ahl level he's just been biding his time waiting for his opportunity he's 23 years old and uh, i think this might be his time to shine i think uh I, i got good uh good hopes for shea theodore here so keep an eye on him for sure
2: yeah yeah definitely
0: and then uh yeah, and anything else to say on these guys? Like like I I mentioned and I'll I'll stick by I I'm going to have a hard time predicting where these guys go just cuz I know every, everyone kind of knows about them now, so to speak. So but uh definitely solid roster up and down, for sure. And I and I love Flurry. He's such a such a character guy. He's one of my favorite personalities in the, in the whole league. So I wish nothing but the best for him. And they're going to be hungry too. Like they came that close. And they know they have the talent, so they're gonna be hungry to to succeed but uh, this pacific division is gonna it's gonna get uh it's gonna to get tough at the top with uh, with San jose knocking on the door so i'd love to I'd love to see what you have in the in the standing predictions here you want to hear it uh yeah, give me a sec what what do you want to start with uh, like wild card or just overall uh, how, d- how did we
2: do this last time um Let's go with the overall Pacific and then we'll talk about or uh I don't know. You tell me. Uh
0: you know what? Let's just go with uh let's start with the wild cards. So Pacific and Central and wild cards, and then we'll move into uh to overall, like where we've placed up the bottom teams, so to speak.
2: Okay. Uh all right, so you want me to just say who I have in the wild card for like the two wild card teams?
0: Uh, yes. Okay. So uh,
2: as we spoke about last episode, I got Minnesota. They're they're my top wild card team. So they will sneak in as the fourth seed in the Central, and they'll take they'll take that wild card spot. Like I mm-hmm. said in the last episode, and uh, the second wild card spot, I think, is going to be a uh, a Pacific team. And uh, I think just sneaking in is going to be the Calgary Flames. Wow. I, 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 ha- I have them getting in there. I, I have too much faith in the coaching staff there. I have too much faith in the kind of all-aroundness of their team because a, a case can be made for a Dallas or a Colorado or an Anaheim. Those are teams I have all looking, looking in from outside. But right. all, all those teams have this you know, glaring hole and and in Calgary, other than you know, we talked a little bit about the number two center position. Other than that, they look just fine to me. Mm-hmm. And and so that's why I have them just sneaking in. It's going to be a hell of a fight. They might not get in. If they do get in, it might be by one point. But I see them getting in a, in ahead of a Dallas or a Colorado or an Anaheim. So I got Minnesota and Calgary in that order as my wildcard teams.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we got we got some differences here for sure. Let me uh. Let me give you uh number one wild card. You're going to love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe bias, but Colorado Avalanche. That's my number one wild card. Um, and there I'm just looking at uh, they have very, very solid goaltending depth. Both their one and their two can be like a 1A, 1B, and both very good at it. Uh, I look at their defense offensively. Their defense are are fantastic. And I think guys like Girard are gonna take a step and Johnson's gonna be healthy and Barry. Uh and I also think the the top line can just uh can just just win them a lot of games. And then I think their second line where we I think people are underrating guys like Jost and Kerfoot, who could be fifty to sixty point players this year. So <laughs> that's why I have Colorado where I have them. And then uh you you might not like this either, Nick. I have sneaking in in the in the Pacific. I have the Edmonton Oilers. All right, who carried by Connor McDavid and a bounce back from with from uh, Cam Talbot and uh, instant chemistry with Nugent Hopkins will be able to secure a spot just barely edging out the Calgary Flames, who uh, who they battle with Edmonton all year. There's going to be some excellent excellent battle of Albertas this year definitely something to watch these guys are going to battle all year in my opinion but yeah i just think edmonton is way way too much to prove i've i've heard interviews with mcdavid saying uh there was something wrong with the the effort level and things are going to be totally different this year so definitely a lot of uh a lot of hope in this team and i think they can turn it around
2: all right well you heard what i thought i disagree but Mm -hmm. like i it's going to be fun seeing because the way i see it I'm more higher on Minnesota, you're more higher on Colorado. We'll see which of those teams do better. And yep. then I'm more higher on Calgary, and you're more higher on Edmonton. So we'll see who goes who does better there. So it'll be a fun little
0: thing to mm. keep an eye on. Good rivalries, too. Definitely. Sure. Definitely good definitely. rivalries. So, uh, so who do you got? For the Pacific? Yeah. Uh, well, you go first, because you went first on the last All one. All
2: right. Well, if, if I got Calgary in the wild card, it mm-hmm. means, uh, I mean, needless to say, I don't see Vancouver getting in. I don't see Arizona getting in. And I certainly don't see Edmonton getting in, counter to mm. your point. So mm. of these four teams, San Jose, LA, Vegas, Anaheim, this is the order I have them in. At number one, I have the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. I, I think that goes without saying. Originally, I didn't have them in this spot. But with the mm-hmm. trade recently, I feel like I have to put them in. Mm-hmm. Okay, we talked enough about them. Don't have to go too much into that. Yeah. Number two, and this will surprise well, it may not surprise you given you know where my loyalties lie. Uh-oh. But I, I have the LA Kings being the number no. I do. They they will come second in the Pacific Division, if not first. Um they they are that good. And um I I confidently can make this prediction. I, I don't wow. again I, I wow, talked wow, wow. I talked about them at Nosdium. I got them number two and, and I and I can safely say that. Number three, Vegas Golden Knights. Mm. Um I, I, I think they they get in, of course, because we talked about the Pat ready acquisition and, and, and everything staying together, but they those individual players that had really good seasons last year, they take a hit. And other teams they find a way how to play against Vegas. They find a way to dissect this team and find a way around them. And so I, I think Vegas Takes a bit of a hit,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: but I but I still see them being a good team. So so good that they're still a top three team in the Pacific. So that's where I got Vegas, and then it goes without saying Anaheim is is out looking in.
0: All right, I I I can get behind that. It's not mm-hmm. too bad. Yeah. Uh, so I have San Jose number one. Mm-hmm. Again, for obvious reasons, probably the same reasons you have, and we talked about them. Again, mm-hmm. this again for me was I had to adjust it after the trade. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, number two I have vegas sure um again for similar reasons to last year they have that uh they have just super talented guys I love their goalie uh their defense to me is is where maybe they get a bit uh questionable compared to the other teams especially l a San Jose those kinds of guys um but I think they have enough to uh, enough speed on their roster to to really go at uh, at the top two position there and then how I kind of see it is I have San Jose, Vegas in kind of a, a tier of their own. Mm-hmm. And then number three, I have LA. Good. You'll, man. Be, you'll be pleased to hear. But they're not kind of in that same level as those two top teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have LA at three. Yep, I do. And I have Edmonton actually being close to them. So I, I could see LA, Edmonton swapping in and out. But I think LA ultimately will win that spot.
2: That's fair. That's. Yeah. Uh... Uh, very fair. I think I I could see that happening. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Vegas Mm -hmm. goes two and LA goes three. I just, I really think LA can be a top three team. I don't see them slipping to the wild card. And Mm -hmm. I certainly, I certainly don't see Edmonton being a playoff team, but Hey, right? that's, that's the love of difference of opinion,
0: right? I I can't wait for Edmonton, man. I I think, I think there's going to be something there this year. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. And preseason's on now. Like, uh, I think there's a Vegas game on right now. I'm probably gonna fire that up in in a couple minutes, but uh, it's getting close, Nick. Like this is our last preview, so we're we're getting real close.
2: We're getting real. Thank God it's our last preview because, like we like we said at the at the start here, it's it's getting fatiguing. But we think we put together a good show um, here today. And, uh, yeah, speaking of that Vegas game, they're up 6-2 after two periods. So clearly oh, no. clearly the, the kids in Glass and the newcomers in Patcharetti, they're already finding their home. And, uh, yeah, the, the preseason is exciting. Like, yeah. we said, like we said in last episode, watch some games, see how the lines are looking. At the very least, read reports and, and see who's producing, see how the lines are looking so that you can make those those executive decisions come uh, come your mm-hmm. fantasy drafts, which which Why are coming yeah. they're coming up in a hurry. I know Kyle and I were in two leagues together this year. We got one coming up in a week. And uh, speaking of that, we'll be having our uh, we'll be having our fantasy episode. We'll be recording that in a couple of days, so look out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked at nauseum about it. You're gonna have all your rankings. You're gonna have all your sleepers, your busts. So mm-hmm. that will be ready for you, uh, hopefully in time for your respective draft. And uh, yeah. Until then, uh, we are signing off. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you guys later.
0: See you next time.
2: Bye-bye.